بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد the first juz of the Quran you guys had what, one and quarter or something yeah the first juz of the Quran of course this Surah Al-Fatiha Surah Al-Fatiha I'm not going to spend too much time on it because whenever people do tafsir they do tafsir of Surah Al-Fatiha I don't want to neglect it but a lot of people understand Surah Al-Fatiha Surah Al-Fatiha is obviously the special, specially chosen surah which was not revealed first. Iqra bismi, ya ayyuhal muddathir, they were revealed earlier. But Surah Al-Fatiha is chosen to be in the beginning. It has many, many names. It's called the Fatiha, which means the opening surah. It's called Surah Al-Shifa. Because when you read it, there's a shifa that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides with it. It's kafiyah, it's shafiyah, there's so many names that it has for it. But the fact that Allah has used it at the beginning gives it its significance, a huge significance. Why? Because it has a huge praise for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Allah loves to be praised. So Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. So it has a praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's the one in which whether we know it or not, we're actually declaring that we have ikhlas. At least we're saying it with our tongue. Because we're saying, oh Allah, only you do we worship. That's exactly what sincerity is, to dedicate your worship purely for the sake of Allah. And number two, Allah, 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 that we only seek assistance from Him, nobody else. So it includes that. And then the third biggest thing in there is it's a dua. Every time when you say Allahu Akbar, Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik, and then Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawmiddin, Iyaka Na'budu wa Iyaka Nasta'een, you're starting a dua every time so many times a day we're doing a dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the straight path and for steadfastness the straight path is the steadfast path no wavering here and there if only we can put a bit of emotion in there by knowing that we're saying guide us to the straight path make us also on the path of those who uh, so there's this path and there's this path. This path is the one where all of your light and your mercy and your blessings and your gifts are showering upon. Oh Allah, put us on that path. Just we can't physically see it. It's one that you do by effort. Then we say, oh Allah, don't put us on that dark path. Don't put us on that dark path. The one that your anger is showering upon. The people who go there, they keep slipping off. They keep... Slipping away They don't stay on It's a very slippery path And your anger is upon that one It has all the hail And the snow And the ice And whatever else There's on there We're making that dua May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Accept that dua Thereafter that We start off with Surah Al-Baqarah We start off with Surah Al-Baqarah Which is the longest surah in the Quran Now the assumption is that in Generally the the, the surahs do start with the longest and they go to the shortest. But Qul A'udhu Bi Nas is not the shortest surah in the Quran. Inna a'atayna kal kawthar is. Right? So it's give or take. You know, it's not exactly in order of exact length. It's give or take. Prefer, you know, mostly the bigger surahs are at the beginning. And Surah Al-Baqarah is without doubt the longest surah in the Quran. How many verses in Surah Al-Baqarah? 286. Something like that. Right? So, and then they're not all short, short. 
If you notice towards the end of the Quran, there's Ya ayyuhal muddathir kum fa'andir wa rabbaka fakabbir wa thiyabaka. They're all short, short, short verses. And other verses, they're a longer verse, but they have less verses. Sorry, longer surah, but less verses because the verses are longer. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's system to do that. Now, what is what would you say is one of the big themes of Surah Al-Baqarah? Now, Surah Al-Baqarah is going to last for more than two juz, right? What is the main theme of the Surah Al-Baqarah in, in the first juz, the portion that is covered in the first juz until say, It's preparing the hearts of the believers. What it means to be a believer. Because it starts off with showing three categories of people. The believers, the disbelievers, and then a special group of disbelievers. The munafiqeen, the worst of them, who are going to be in the seventh, the lowest portion of hellfire. That's how it starts. Allah wants to make it crystal clear. So that's why Allah mentions why these people say they believe to benefit from the interaction with Muslims because the Muslims were, mashallah, established in Medina Munawwara. You didn't have munafiqeen in Makkah Mukarramah. You're only going to have munafiqeen in a place where Islam is more reigning supreme or you're going to have a munafiqeen who may be a spy. Because why else would you need to hide your faith? Or pretend, sorry, not hide your faith, but pretend to be a believer in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it was in Medina. It's a Medina uh, uh, phenomenon. It happened in Medina Munawwara. Because, mashallah, the Muslims had settled themselves. They, the two big tribes, right, who were the strongest tribes, they were all Muslim now, the Aws and Khazraj, the Banu Qayla. So now that's what it was. So you had to be part of them. You joined the team. It's like people today, they give lip service to America or wherever, Britain or whatever it is, but, you know, inside they don't like them. You just stay with the superpower type of thing. But it's a really, the problem with this is how do you live a... Anybody who lives this kind of a life is going to struggle. It's not good for your psychology. It's not good for your health. They say that there are many stress-creating factors, right? Stress-creating factors. One of them is if you're part of a setup that you disagree with. For example, you work somewhere, you disagree with the morality at the work or the ethics of the place, right? You can't do it. I've heard so many people, they live in a certain area and there's a certain masjid there. I mean, it goes down to this level. Right? That it's not a masjid that they can relate to. They have a different manhaj. They don't enjoy it. it, it's, it that's, that's human behavior. That's why uh, even the Jewish community, and Muslims try to stay together, even the Jewish community, even the very secular Jews, a lot of them, they actually like to be in a Jewish community. I've, I've had interactions with a lot of uh, Jewish guys. And there's some who don't even believe in God. But traditionally, they, they want to be in a Jewish area. I said, why? Why do you want to be in, you know, wherever? I said, it's because that's where we get everything. We get our foods. We get, you know, there's an interaction with people and so on. Of course, those who, you know, who are haters of their own tradition, among any tradition, they're, not, they're going to want to go far away and try to be a different tradition. Right? That's different. So remember in life, if you, want, if, you, if you want to have harmony and balance in your life, things around you should be harmonious as well. That's why in marriages, the reason why marriages get upset and derailed and problematic, all the cases are here, it's because of disharmony. There's no harmony between the husband and wife. 
even that will have an effect on the bringing up of the children, which is one of the one huge objective of marriage. One of the worst things and one of the most detrimental things upon children in their tarbiyah, and Surah Al-Baqarah is about tarbiyah of the believer, right, is being on different wavelengths. The father is too permissive, the mother is too restrictive, for good reason. The father is trying to get the kids on their side by saying, yeah, it's okay, you can do this. No problem, no problem, I'll buy that for you. No problem, you can go to the house. You can have the sleepover. Right? I'll buy you the next PlayStation or whatever it is that is going on. Or sometimes it's the other way. And subhanAllah, this is what starts happening when they, they split up. In order to try to attract the children to them, the parents, especially if they split up, then who gets custody? It's a, the children get spoilt in that. Because each side is trying to show a better face which is at the detriment of the child. So, it's cognitive dissonance you call that. It's a very, very bad idea to be in a place, to act out something. So can you imagine living your whole life trying to say you're a believer but you're not? Going and worshipping, or I don't know if you worship anything, or pretending to worship? Ajeeb, subhanallah. That's why they can't be. You'd rather be an open kafir than a munafiq. That's essentially what we're getting from this. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, stay away from that. This is pure iman. This is, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanud khulu fi silmi kafir. This is later on, Allah will say in Surah Al-Baqarah, enter into Islam wholly and fully. وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا خُطُوَاتِ shaytan. It's the shaytan who's going to take you step by step away. Don't follow the footsteps of the shaytan. Don't follow the steps of the shaytan. Why? Shaitan never grabs you and like just makes you jump into something straight away. It's always step by step. By giving you a, an inkling of something, a whisper of something, a bit of a, a desire for something, and then slowly it's a taboo and then you start doing it. Now, one of the main points in Surah Al-Baqarah is to also show you a group who succeeded as role models. MashaAllah. And one of the... the this is... Allah finally says at the end of Surah Al-Baqarah, uh, uh, not the end of Surah Al-Baqarah, the first juz, Allah says, فَإِنْ آمَنُوا بِمِثْلِ مَا آمَنْتُمْ بِهِ فَقَدْ اِهْتَدَوْا If you believe, or if they believed in the way you have believed, meaning Sahaba, this is Sibrat Allah, this is the color of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Sahaba fully took it on. So after mentioning all of these different categories, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about the Sahaba to give people a role model. Then the Prophet ﷺ mentioned it as well, that whichever one you follow, you, you will be on the right course. And mashallah, among the Sahaba, you have different types of Sahaba, with different behaviors. They were human beings. So you have some who are, mashallah, very harsh, very hard. Some who are very soft. Some who like to do a lot of extra. Some, you know, uh, who may have even committed sins. So you have an experience in all that. For example, you've got that one Sahabi who used to drink. He used to drink. He, he was beaten for it. He was punished for it by the Prophet ﷺ. And he drank again. And uh, subhanAllah, what an amazing relationship. What an amazing relationship. So the, the second or third time that he was being penalized for that, some people decided that they're going to criticize him and curse him. So the Prophet ﷺ said, don't. This guy loves Allah and his messenger. He drinks and he loves Allah and his messenger. This is a big lesson for us. Right? We all practice our faith. Right? And you could be a sinner, 
but you could still have love for Allah and His Messenger. This is not to say that you sin and just claim. This is the Prophet ﷺ giving him this guarantee. Right? That he's got it in his heart, he will stop eventually. And such people eventually stop. Anybody who continues forever, I don't think he can be a lover, proper lover. I got a call from a woman, and subhanAllah, um, when emotion overcomes you, it's a very difficult one. She was saying that she was not a very good person, she said, but she got married to a wali of Allah. She, this is her words. He's Allah ka wali. Allah da wali. Right? He's Allah's wali. Right? And he was so close to Allah, he loves Allah and everything. But what happened is that we both got into drugs. Allahu Akbar. I mean, initially you think, okay, even a wali of Allah can make a mistake. He's not a prophet. Only prophets cannot make mistakes. Only prophets are infallible. Only prophets are divinely protected. Biggest wali of Allah, they can mess up. But if he's a true wali of Allah, if they fall, they dust themselves, they stand up again, they're fine. People can make mistakes. This goes on and he says, oh, then we got into porn and everything. So it got really bad. Her family wants her away. And she wants to stay with him because he's a wali of Allah. I said, how is he a wali of Allah? Please explain to me now. This is getting me really complicated. What new what style of wali is this? He said, you know, we've ha we have, uh, sometimes we have, you know, where we read something and there's just this wonderful feeling and it can't be anything else. It must be, we're so close to Allah in that. I said, but how does all of this happen? This is shaitan. Shaitan is making you feel whatever light you're experiencing. No, 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 she just refused. Until finally, maybe after five, ten minutes, I hope I convinced her that, look, this is not good for you. This is, somebody's deceiving you here. Somebody's deceiving you here. You have to be very careful of emotions. That's why it doesn't matter what you feel. What is really important is what is correct according to the Quran and Sunnah. There's another person recently, um, she did a wrong deed. She said she did a sin. I said, Allah will forgive you. She said, no, I saw the Prophet in my dream and he's telling me that you are becoming far. I said, yeah, that's fine because you were doing the sin. So now you make tawbah and you start worshiping. He says, no, but I've lost my iman. I said, how did you lose your iman? He said, because I did the sin. I said, you do not lose iman because of sin. And even if you did lose iman, even if you said kufr, if you say la ilaha illallah and you make tawbah, you're fine. But she was not willing to accept it because shaitan was making her misjudge her dream. She just kept on going about the same thing over and over and over again. I said, then why are you calling me for? If you don't want to listen to me, it's the sharia what matters, not how you feel. Shaitan has his ways of overcoming our emotions. And they're, they're the toughest ones. The emotion, when shaitan overtakes your emotion, where you feel like something is some way and it's going against the deen, that is the most detrimental one. Because you are self-deluded in that case. Allah, is, uh, Allah, uh, 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 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to guide us, but we're self-deluding uh, ourselves. Allah protect us. Because people who are deluded like that, it's very, because they don't know they're doing wrong, they think they're actually doing okay. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the Yahud quite a bit in the first juz as well. Showing where they went wrong. And why is that done? Remember, this is like an introductory surah to show how faith needs to be. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the groups in Medina Munawwara. So the Jews were there as well. Now they've had a long history. They've had many, many prophets. 
So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes through and explains their challenges with the prophets. Where they demanded from their prophet Musa alayhi salam that, no, no, we're not going to believe until we see Allah now. Hatta narallaha jahra. That's when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala got angry. Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning all of the bounties. We gave you all of these mountains. We separated the, ocean, uh, the, the, the river for you. Right? We got rid of your enemy. But then this is what you wanted. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then speaks about the special incident when there was a wrong that was done among their people. And they wanted to find out who was the murderer. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, اِذْبَحُوا بَقَرَةً Go and take a cow and slaughter it. Now, when people are overly pedantic, overly particular, you know what? what is it just any cow? No, it must be a special cow. What's the color of it? What does it look like? What age? You know, all of these questions. And they just restricted it and made it more difficult, difficult, difficult until finally they found it. This teaches us a lesson that don't be over the top. For example, I mean... Another sister called me. And this is not about sisters. It could, be a, it could be a brother as well. And she's saying, I've got an issue. I, I can't use any creams. I can't uh, use certain soaps. I can't eat the same food as the rest of my family. They're a religious family. I said, why? I said, because I'm checking the ingredients. I can't see anything. Well, maybe it was contaminated. Because I contacted, yeah, Heinz beans. I contacted Heinz beans. And they told me that we can't certify it to be halal. So that's why I don't eat them. I said, I'm not forcing you to eat beans, you know, if you don't want to eat beans, but them saying that we can't certify this to be halal is a totally different idea. They don't even know what halal is. They're probably scared, like, if I say it's halal, it's not halal. It has to be blessed by a priest or something. Because the, the kosher is specially done in that way. They don't know. They just don't want to take liability. Just saying something is not halal doesn't mean that it's haram, according to non-Muslims. They're just saying it's not officially certified as halal. That's what they're saying. He said, oh, but they also make beans in which they add like sausages and stuff. So there could be cross-contamination. I said, yes, there could be, but I'm assuming that big companies, it's not your local corner shop where they don't have any policies in place where even on the Bombay mix they might add something. All right? This is... Big company, they have liabilities. This is all machine. They wash this stuff. So my assumption is that I, and especially when there's a huge vegan um, uh, industry and vegan you know, trend in this country, th there's going to be one of their employees there is going to be a vegan if he sees that they're putting sausages in first and then they're making the plain baked beans. Logically, you'd say that let's make the plain baked beans first. And then after that, it's the same baked beans, let's add the sausages in there and then we'll clean it up afterwards. I would assume that. But no, she's taken in the worst case scenario. Are you supposed to do that? No. We're not supposed to do that. Not to that level. Yeah, we're supposed to be careful. Yeah, there's a meat product in there. It's not halal. Avoid it. There's gelatin. You avoid it. But if everything is halal, now you're like, oh, is there this or that? That becomes more problematic. Yes, your local corner shop, how they build and whether they wash their hands or not, and you know, th that you can have a question about. I can understand that. Right? Not to say it's haram, but I'm just saying that you could have a question about that. So don't do those kind of things. There's a balance in Islam with all of these things. 
And today, mashallah, our Jewish brothers, they're very restrictive in what they can eat. I've, uh, sat, uh, I've spent three, um, what do you call them, three residentials with uh, seven Jewish leaders, seven Christians and seven Muslims. And I used to ask all these questions because they used to have special food and the food has to be uh, shrink-wrapped in double the foil. Right? Vegetables, they can't, we can, at least we can have vegetarian when we go out somewhere. They can't even, their vegetables have to be specially prepared as well. Because any small insect has to be specially prepared. Very careful. Then they can't have meat and dairy together. So if you've had, for example, salami in your, in your breakfast, then um, you, uh, what is the fatwa? They have two fatwas in terms of how long you need between milk and meat. One fatwa is four hours, the other fatwa is eight hours. That's the most strict fatwa. Subhanallah. It's very difficult. It's, it's very difficult. You know, you think Muslims is difficult for us. It is difficult. You can't eat from McDonald's, right? Um, it's much more difficult for them. Much more difficult. They can't even eat in normal vegetarian places. So, Allah tells us, no, you don't have to be like that. So you might be thinking, then why not make it just easy, eat anything? Well, that's not right either. You see, in the Bible, it actually mentions dietary requirements that the swine is haram. But I can't remember which year the Christians decided that the dietary requirements will not be effective. It's in the, it's in the Bible. It's still there. But they just decided there will be no dietary restrictions. Just a decision. La ilaha illallah. Then finally the surah ends with Amana Rasulu Bima Unzila Ilehi Mirabbihi wal Mu'minuna Kulun Amana Billahi wa Malaikatihi wa Kutubihi wa Rusuli. It's a very wholesome surah if you study it from the beginning to the end. I just mentioned some of the big points. The other major stories in here is the story of the Genesis. The story of the beginning of Adam alayhi salam. How he was created. Wa'allama Adam al Asma'a kullaha thumma aradahum ala al malaika. And the, and the angels complaining that why are you creating this, uh, th this new creation? And Allah says, I know what you do not know. And then the whole story of Adam alayhi salam, uh, sorry, the angels being told to prostrate and they do it. But shaitan and iblis doesn't. And then iblis becomes a rejected one. It's the beginning surah of the Quran, the major beginning surah of the Quran. So all of this introductory stuff is in here, you'll find. And then after that, it discusses the enmity that started from that time until the end of time will remain like that. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about um, the importance of the masjid and not to prevent people from the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Speaks about the Yahud when they did that and that was not good that what they did. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says that my honor will only be received uh, by the good people and not by the oppressors. لا ينالي, لا ينالو أهد الظالمون. Um, then we have, you know, I said it's a tarbiyah, right? So now we have a specific instance of training, of a father training his children. Does anybody know which verse that is in Surah Al-Baqarah? A father training his child. It's, yeah, Ya'qub alayhi salam. kuntum shuhada'a idh hadara Ya'qub al-mawt. إِذْ قَالَ لِبَنِيهِ مَا تَعْبُدُونَ مِنْ بَعْدِ Verse 133. This is when, were you witness? Were you there and present when Ya'qub was about to die, when death was about to overcome him? And he said to his children, what are you going to worship after me? نَعْبُدُ إِلَهَكَ وَإِلَهَ And then he explains all of that. So he gives us an instance where it's a parent's responsibility to do that.
this whole new modern trend of let them choose. Let's get them gender neutral clothing until they're seven, eight years old and then we'll let them choose. Allahu Akbar. Alhamdulillah, there was that case that they just won against that one clinic where, they, where the judgment was that children cannot choose. Stop going on about this. It's such an abuse on children. It's an abuse on children. You won't let them take, you know, um, alcohol or something like that, but you're allowing to put poisonous uh, chemicals down, your, down their throat to change the, the hormones. It's a rich man's game. In the poor countries, nobody can do this. Because all of this that you take, right, it's a difficult one. It's, uh, you know, people in poor countries can't do this. It's only wealthy people who can afford the chemicals, the, the medicines and the hormone blockers and whatever they are to, to consume this for as long as they want. And then, you know, let's not abuse our children. Let them grow up. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Finally, uh, verse 141: "Tilka ummatun qad khalat laha ma kasabat, walakum ma kasabtum, wala tusaluna amma kanu yamanu." This is how the, the, the juz ends, not the surah. This is how the first juz ends. That 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 was an ummah that has finished for them is they've gone. For them is what they earned, and for you is what you earn. So look, they've done what they're now. You have to worry about yourself. We've given you enough examples and enough guidance and role models. It's up to you, and you're not going to be asked about them. So now you worry about yourself. And that's how the surah ends. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us through the Quran, illuminate us through the Quran. That was a whirlwind tour of the first juz. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us by it. Jazakallah khair for listening. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you. And if you're finding this useful, you know, um, as they say, do that like button and subscribe button and forward it on to others. جزاك الله خير والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته